Father's Day, and thank you for wishing me a happy birthday. It's wonderful to be 39 one more time. And, uh, next week, we'll have uh, Willard Walls is going to be coming. Willard Walls played a special role in my life. I met him when I was about 19 years old. And I was, it was at a time in my life where I was really hungry for God. He had a unique ministry, and he was an evangelist. I had a, an experience that, you know, I talked about the rest of my life. Well, I call it a double portion because that's what I'd been fasting and praying for. And he played, uh, God used him in that, and it forever changed who I was and the way I think. And so I wanted you guys to meet him. He's 89 years old now. And he was, to give you an idea of the way that God used him, there was a uh, tent meeting in St. Louis that they had going on. And at the end of that tent, or during one night of that tent meeting, someone penned a note on that tent that said, tomorrow night, this tent comes down. The pastor that was hosting it, you know, said, what are we going to do? And Brother Walsh said, it'll be okay. And the next night, that while they were having service, singing was going on, they watched four or five men gather under a street light. The pastor looked at Brother Walls and said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And he said, stay here. God's going to take care of this. And he started to walk out from underneath the tent. As he started to go out, other men in the service joined with him to go out. And he said, you men stay here. God's going to handle this. He walked out and he faced those men that were gathering to tear that tent down. And he said, what are you men doing? He said, preacher, we're getting ready to tear this tent down. He said, no, you're not. He said, those are God's people under that tent and you're not going to touch it. When they moved toward him, the spirit of God hit him. He reached out and touched them on the head. They went flying across the parking lot. And, and I, I mean, literally just went, you know, the power of God hit those men. They went flying down. They jumped up and took off running in another direction. And so his ministry had been like that. It was, I don't know what Brother Walls will be able to do when he's here. He, he's, you know, when I went to see him a few months ago and I had not seen him in years, he was suffering with a back condition. And it, it really kind of hurt to see him that way after all those years of him giving and pouring out. He called me the other day about two weeks ago and he said, I'm getting ready to get a shot in my back. He said, that usually gives me some mobility. And I had told him I'd like him to come. He said, so I'll, I'll be ready to come. I talked to him yesterday, set up for him to come next week. He may preach to you. He may only talk for a little while, but I want us to celebrate him. And I, I just like bringing people that I love together. And uh, so I want you to look forward to that with me. <clears throat> I want to speak to you today about it's father's day everybody say father's day and so i want to talk to you about the father i never knew i commend fathers here today especially those that are pattering pat that are uh help me talk that that are showing the way to their children and Here's what you have to understand. We're living in a world where fathers are becoming obscure. As a matter of fact, we live in, I want you to understand this, that this has been a calculated plan by Satan. We're, we're living in a world today where there are no more mothers, they're birth persons, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. So, and, I, I'm, and I, I make no apologies. I'm not politically correct. I just believe in the Word of God. And so I'm not going to tiptoe around subjects and hope, you know, afraid I'm going to offend somebody. I'd rather offend you and you get your heart right with God than to just, you know, make you, allow you to believe something that's not true. So we live in a world where fathers are becoming more and more a, a relic of the past where they're absentee, they're not there, that they, they, don't, they don't stay, they run, they, they leave. And so what I want you to understand is no matter where you fit at in that spectrum, you need to understand today that you have a father. 
And sometimes that father is a father that we never knew. I want to uh, start in Psalm 68 and 3. This first part is to the church, and I'm going to shift here in a moment. But I want you to get this because it's important that you understand this. Verse, six, uh, verse 3, chapter 68. But let the godly rejoice. Let them be glad in God's presence. Let them be filled with joy. Do you understand that the church is the hope of the world? That, that God invested himself in you. And so when people are depressed and despondent, uh, if you're their hope and you look like you've lost all your hope, then what hope do they have at all? So what God is saying, look, if you're a child of God, you need to get a smile on your face. You need to get a song in your heart and a skip in your step and let the world know that he's alive and well. But you don't understand, Pastor. I've got this ingrown toenail that's been bothering me. Sometimes you just got to shake it off. Somebody say, shake it off. Remember the Apostle Paul? He's on a boat. He's on a ship. And, and he tells the guys, he says, look, you shouldn't make this voyage because I, I, it's, it's not a good idea. I, I, you're going to put our lives in jeopardy. They ignored him. Everybody say they ignored him. Have you ever been ignored before? you're in good company. They ignored the apostle Paul. And so they ignored him. A storm comes up, man. And all of a sudden that, that boat's getting flipped around and tossed back and forth. That goes on for like 14 days. And, and, and they're out in the dark sea and, and, and they're fearful for their lives. And he finally steps forward and he, he, he says, men, he said, everybody eats something. He said, an angel of the Lord stood by me. Well, first I like how he started out. He said, y'all should listen to me in the first place. How many of you love every once in a while being able to get in, I told you so? You know what I'm talking about? Apostle Paul's no different. He does, he, he lets them know, well, I told you, you should have just listened to me when I told you this in the first place. He said, but don't let, let anybody's heart fear. He said, an angel of the Lord stood by me this night whom I serve. And he said, he told me that no man's life is going to be taken, but we're going to lose the ship. And so he, you know, the, the ship gets torn apart. They jump into the sea. They're holding on to pieces of wood trying to get ashore. And when Paul gets ashore, you know, and they're all thankful, they're all alive. Paul's trying to get a fire going and he grabs hold of some wood and a viper grabs hold of his hand. And the people, how many of you have ever had somebody judge you wrongly? You got to learn how to shake it off. That viper laid hold of Paul's hand, and everybody saw that and said, well, man, that must be some evil fellow there because even though he escaped the sea, justice wouldn't suffer him to live, and so now he's going to die. Paul shook it off, and they kept watching him, expecting him to fall down and die, and he didn't even break a sweat, folks. I'm telling you that you've got to learn how to shake it off. I want everybody to stand up with me once right now, quick. Are you, thank you. Dina, come up here real quick, would you? I didn't even have to say anything. She just stood up and she knew what was coming. And so what, what do you have to do, Dina? Shake it off. <laughs> just, <laughs> I love that. Just shake it off. You know, sometimes we're always afraid what somebody's going to think, what somebody's going to say. Just shake it off. I mean, I promise you, you do that in the crowd and everybody's going to back up. <laughs> Just shake it off. Just quit allowing things to have such an impact on you. Get the joy of God back in your heart. Get it in your soul. Get it in your life. Shake it off. Paul and Cherry are celebrating 23 years today. Have those 23 years all been wonderful? <laughs> I'm not even going to say, I just saw one head do this and another do this. Here's the truth. Life happens, right? And so sometimes it gets tough. But when you love, you just shake it off and keep going. You don't let it take you down. And this is what I'm saying. God wants to use you. You are his hands and his feet. And the devil wants to stop you. Shake him off. Just shake him off and let God use you. Verse 4, sing to God. Sing praises to his name. How many of you have ever just, I mean, you know, you really can't sing. But you love to sing. Anybody in the house? My hands are up. 
Nobody really likes to hear me sing. Does not keep me from singing. Every once in a while, I never forget that episode in, in Andy Griffith where Rafe Hollister is, you know, is going to sing and Barney tells him that he can't do that. He's not a professional singer. He said, you, you sing in the shower, don't you? He said, yeah, I sing in the shower. He said, well, you go ahead and sing in the shower. There's no need for you to go over there and embarrass yourself. And he just picked his stuff up and headed out. He said, where are you going? He said, I'm going for the tryouts. He said, What? He said, well, since nobody is ever in the shower with me, I figure if they're going to hear me sing, I better have to go out there and let them hear me sing. You need to let them hear you. Don't, look, if you love, I, I've, I've met folks that love to sing. My brother-in-law, I hope nobody's watching. My, I got a brother-in-law that loved to sing, and he's got a booming voice, but he does not sing on key does not sometimes he does sometimes he's like me he gets anointed <laughs> but it doesn't stop him he'll one of the biggest songs that we used to sing you remember this song yeah i forgot how it was the, yeah but it's oh the joy of the lord is my strength the joy of the lord is my strength the joy of the lord is my strength If you want joy, you will laugh. Well, we would do sing, but then we would do laugh. And when we got into laugh, Gary would rear back, and I'm telling you, I'd laugh watching him laugh. Because he'd, he'd rear back and he'd go, ha, 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 ha,
you and his family. And he becomes not a pretend dad or a partial dad or anything less than your really dad. And you become his really child. A father to the fatherless. He is not your pretend dad. He is not your partial dad, but he is your really, really dad. He is your, it's the father I never knew. The father that was there that was always loving me and I didn't even recognize it. The father that was there when there was no father. Do you understand that everybody's story isn't a pleasant one? Everybody didn't have a father that spoke to them and gave life to them and encouraged them. Some people, his father was absent from their life. Other people had fathers that abused or, or, or forsook them. But God wanted you to understand in the midst of a world that's falling apart, he is going to hold you together. He's not going to let you go. He's not going to give up on you. He is your real really really dad somebody say really really he's your really dad now check out what kind of a dad he is I love this sing to God sing praises to his name extol him who rides on the clouds by his name Yah Yah the name in Hebrew means the Lord most vehement Everybody say vehement. Even the word sends tingles up my spine. Vehement. What's it mean? It means forceful, powerful, violent. But it also means passionate. That he loves you with a passionate, eager, fervent love. And he protects you with a powerful, forceful hand. Say, that's my dad. That, oh, come on, somebody. That's my dad. When I was just a kid, I was two years old. I don't even remember this. I, I don't remember it, because, but they told me about it, that my dad had, a, there was a man came to our house wanting money to drink on it. And it, when dad wouldn't give it to him, he was leaving the house, slammed the door, and my fingers were in the door. They said that nobody had to say anything to my dad. He opened that door. He grabbed that guy. We had seven concrete steps that went down our front porch. The only one he touched was the last one. Because dad came to my rescue. You need to understand that every time that the devil has tried to take you out, you've got a father that has stood up and said, make my day. You try and touch my kids, I'll rip you apart. Do you understand that he said, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm? He is going to take care of you. And the truth is, is he has taken care of you. Do you realize how many times the devil tried to take you out? How many times he tried to stop you? There have been, I've, I've had some close calls in my life that nearly took my life that I know about. And I don't have a clue how many of those I don't know about that he stepped in and rescued me. Somebody say, that's my really dad. Now, not only does he protect you, does he defend you, but he goes after you. He's a father that's to be loved as well as feared. Look at verse 6 in Psalm 68. God places the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy, but he makes the rebellious live in a, scorch, a sun-scorched land. He places the lonely and families. How many of you have ever felt alone before? Wave your hand at me if you ever felt alone. You ever felt isolated like there was nobody else? No, no one cared about you. Nobody was going to look out for you. 
Sometimes what happens is when we're lonely, we even withdraw ourselves from people. But this is what God does. God shows up in your world, and he sees that lonely heart, and he reaches out to place it in a family. I wonder how many of you started coming here since Debbie and I have been here. Would you wave your hand if you started coming since we've been here? Can I ask you a question? When you first came, when, when, before you first came in this door, did you ever experience loneliness? Did, did you feel that? Wave your hand at me if you felt that. I want to ask a question. When you got here, did Debbie come after you? <laughs> did, did she hunt you down? Did, did she give you one of these? Come here a minute, babe. Did she give you one of these? Did, did she walk up to you? And did she give you one of these? Oh, come here. <laughs> and start hugging on you. I know she did that to some of you, and you were like, <laughs> I, 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 but you need to understand what happens is God, God places the lonely in families, and He He uses your arms to embrace them. He uses your love to empower them. He, he's letting you know that he's there for you through someone else. Come run back up here one more time. Because see, sometimes at the house, sometimes Debbie will come up to me and she'll say, I just need a hug. And I, I, I'll hug her like this. And, and then she'll hang on real tight and she'll squeeze me. And, and, then, I'm, and then I'm thinking about some stuff I need to do. And, and honestly, I'm telling you the truth. And so she's doing this, and all of a sudden she'll grab me, and she said, I can feel your spirit. <laughs> you're, you're, trying to, you're trying to get out of my arms. You can't wait to get oh. And I thought about that, and I thought, man, isn't, wait, come here. I'm not done hugging you yet. <laughs> isn't that just what happens with God? That sometimes God, he just comes and he wraps himself around us and he starts hugging on us and we get a little uncomfortable with it because we're not used to that kind of love. He's the father we never knew. We never experienced anything like that. It makes us uncomfortable. And I'm all right, you know, with, with just, a, you know, oh, I love you. And that, and, and, but when he hangs on, and, and, and he says, no, you don't understand. I'm never going to leave you or forsake you, but I'm going to go with you to the end of the earth. And he just keeps holding on to you. And then all of a sudden you get a little fidgety, you know, in his arms. And he's going, and, and, and he's saying, I feel your spirit. <laughs> I know you were trying to slip out of my arms, but guess, you know, what Debbie does to me when I do that, when she feels that? When, when all of a sudden she goes, I, I feel that spirit. Sometimes she'll. Start kissing you. Well, yeah, go ahead. No, I'm kidding. No, but what she'll do, what she'll do sometimes is I'll feel her renew her grip. And she'll just, she'll just hang on. And she'll say, she'll say you, ain't, you ain't going. Just, and she'll tell me, she said, just relax. Just, just give me a minute. Just hang on here for a second. Thank God for that kind of love. I'm telling you, he is the, a father to the fatherless. I wonder, I want to ask a question. You don't have to raise your hand on this, but those of you that raised your hand and said you felt that, that loneliness. Since you've been coming here, have you begun to feel a sense of belonging? A sense of being loved? A sense of family? If you haven't, then shame on me. Because God wants to use each and every one of us to let the lonely know that they are not alone. That they are loved, that they are cared for, that they are special. How many of you have ever, I know some of you guys, and it's okay, I get it, I understand. But some, some guys aren't comfortable being hugged. Wave your hand if you know what I'm talking about. You know, it's like, <laughs> come up here a second, Daryl. It's like, it's like, you, oh my God. 
And so, honest to goodness, man, it's like you see a guy like that coming for you, you go, ah! You know? But what it does is it starts breaking down walls, and you're thinking, and it's because we've been taught our whole life, you know, real men just, just stick it there, buddy. You know, but what happened? Do you understand? God is trying to invade your world. He wants to wrap around you. And, and when, when you start opening your heart and saying, okay, God, here I am. Not just, you know, Peter made a statement. He said, I ain't never going to let you wash my feet. And he said, well, I got news for you, Peter. I don't wash your feet. You don't belong to me. He said, Lord, don't just wash my feet, wash my hands and my head too. Because <laughs> I want to belong to you. I'm tired of feeling alone. I'm tired of feeling like I don't matter and I don't count. I'm tired of feeling like I don't belong. He came in. He didn't go to the religious elite. He didn't go to those that acted like they were better than everybody else. He went to those that had been hurting. He went to those that had been cast out. And he made them feel welcome. Somebody say, welcome home. I thought about, we were in, and, and we're going to talk about the mission trip next week. We'll tell some about that. But I, I didn't want to do it today because we didn't have all the pictures up, but we'll hopefully we'll get all the pictures together and get them up by next week. Jasmine is going to take care of that, so if it doesn't happen, <laughs> that's, a, that's a wonderful feeling to put it on somebody else, folks. <laughs> so here's, but, but in, we were in a park, and, we, and you can be real proud of the young people. They did a tremendous job. You need to give them a big hand. They, they, they did a fantastic job. We were in a park, and when we went to this park, there was a lady that came over. And, uh, you know, when we first got there, we set up the grill, started grilling hot dogs and hamburgers. And, and Debbie and the team went out, and they started knocking on doors and inviting people. And a lot of those people had known us from before, and they started coming back over to the park. And one lady showed back up with her eight-year-old great-granddaughter. And the kids were out there, and they were playing with her and, and, and having a big time and and. She was, she was just so excited, and, and she said to me, I want to thank you guys for what you do here. I, did, I don't think I shared this with anybody, but the women, you know, this is a housing development or like a, a project place, and, and so there is an office there where it's, things are run, and I had to go knock on the door to get permission to, to go, and they had the door locked, and when I knocked on the door, and they... And, I couldn't get in, and, and then they finally opened the door, and I looked at the lady, and she looked at me like, and I said, you don't remember me, do you? And she was trying, and I said, I'm Rick McNeil. I said, I pastor Christ Community Church in Illinois. And she smiled, Rick, yeah, I remember you guys. And I said, we were wondering if we could, oh, yeah, you can't. The next day she came out, and I did not know this, but she came up to us, and she said, I just wanted you to know this. She said, I don't know if you realize this or not, but you're the only group that's ever been here that we asked to come back. She gave me her card. I've got her card and her name. She said, if you'll, if you'll call before you're coming, we'll print out flyers, special flyers, and set them through the projects and let everybody know you're going to be here. Why? It's because we love people. Do you understand? That's what people are longing for. It doesn't matter how, no, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. They, they want to know that you love them. They want to know that you care about them. And so this lady comes up and she's thanking us for playing with her granddaughter, her great-granddaughter, you know, and she, man, she was over there just having a big ball and she said, that little girl's life hasn't been easy. So she's eight years old now. She said, but at five years old, her mother, which was that lady's granddaughter, said she was aroused about, man, she ran all over the place and said she took off to Texas and said that little girl was on the streets homeless. They had no place to go. Said they wrote me and told me and she got her money together and sent money to get them back to her house, her great-granddaughter. She said the other day, she came up to me and she said, Granny, I love you. She said, you saved me. 
She said, you rescued me. She said, I, she said, Granny, she said, if it hadn't been for you, she said, I don't know what I'd do. She said, Granny, I don't ever want to be homeless again. Do you know the torment of a child trying to figure out, am I sleeping in a, on a sidewalk, on a bench, in, 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 in a, an abandoned vehicle? How am I going to fend for myself? Because she felt all alone. But that great grandma brought her home and she said, now that little girl is never going to have to go through that again as long as I'm around. What she's saying, she's saying, I'm going to protect her. His name is Yah. He is vehemence. He is powerful. He loves you with a passion. He will not let you go. He will protect you. He will care for you. Don't let the devil make you believe that you've got no one. You have him. He is a father to the fatherless, even when it's the father you never knew. It's a true story of a young man. He was five years old when his father died in Vietnam. Years went by and he turned 22 and he announced to his mother and stepfather that he was becoming engaged. And all of a sudden when he said that, his mother got this look on her face and she she dismissed herself and she ran to a room and she got, she came back with papers that were all folded up. And she looked at him, she said, son, I'm so sorry. I forgot to give this to you. Well, mom, what is it? Said, your dad sent me this letter when he was in the war and he told me that if something happened to him, I was supposed to give this to you when you turned into a young man. She said, I'm so sorry. I should have given it to you years ago. She handed it to him. He said, I, when I held that in my hand, he said, I, I, I felt shocked. He said, I didn't know what to do. He said, I just started physically trembling. He said, I looked at her and said, thank you. And I walked up to my room and went inside and started to open it up. He said, I just read the first few lines. And he said, I folded it up and I walked out. And he said, I couldn't read it. He said, because I was so afraid. What if I'm a disappointment to him? I never knew this man. He was a father I didn't know. And I, I, I didn't know what was going to be in that letter. I was, I, I was afraid. And she came back downstairs and she said, did you read the letter? And he said, no, not yet. And he, he knew he had to. So he went back up and he started, he opened it up. And as he started to read, he read his, he saw it was written in longhand. He said, I can't tell you what it meant to see my father's handwriting. He said, and as I started reading it and he was introducing himself to me, he said, I trust that I'm going to be there for you, but you never know what, ha what might happen. And so I just wanted to let you know some things if something happens to me. And he began to tell him, he said, you're a bright, intelligent boy. He said, you're going to do well. And in that letter from 17 years ago, his father began to pour into his life. His father began to let him know that he believed in him, that he would do well. He said, don't follow what you think I want you to do. You follow your heart because I'm proud of you. I'm going to be there for, he said, and he encouraged him in that. You say, what's that got to do with us? There's another father that left a letter to us that let us know how he feels about us. He said, you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. He let us know that he loves us so much that he He'd rather die for us than live without us. The father we never knew. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up knowing about this father. I didn't even find him until later in life. Oh, I had an encounter with him from time to time, but it was like one of those hugs. It's a little uncomfortable, a little unnerving. What I didn't know was that he refused to give up on you, that he would pursue you. And at 18, when I opened his letter and I started to read it, it changed my life forever. The father I never knew. I begin to not just read, but then I, 
I began to sense his presence there with me. He doesn't let go. He doesn't walk away. You can't compare him to your earthly fathers. He is the litmus test of what a father is. All that we get as dads come from him. But sometimes dads run from him. And so they can't give you what you need because they don't know him. I remember a young lady that was acquainted with us and Debbie had talked with her over the years. We traveled all those years and she would call by phone and she was in a bad place in her life and Debbie started ministering to her. Is she here? Will you wave your hand at me? Are you here? Where are you? Stand up, wave, shout, hallelujah. Where are, oh, okay. Is it okay? She's here today. <laughs> this was what her story. She, Debbie would tell her, she'd say, well, you know, you just need to give it to your heavenly father. And she kept sensing that there was something that was in the way that wasn't a And then that day she told Debbie, she said, you know, I've done fine for 30 years without a father, and I don't think I need one now. Because the father she had known couldn't give her what she needed because he never got what he needed. And it became a cycle. But there's a father you never knew that is everything you need. And his name is Yah. <laughs> you ever go to school? Better quit messing with me. I'll tell my dad on you. Oh, yeah? My dad's bigger than your dad. Oh, yeah, you think so? My daddy made your daddy. You, you're breathing my daddy's air. You're living on my daddy's house. You're living on, you're stepping on my daddy's property. Everything you have, you got on my daddy's clothes. Everything you have belongs to God, including you. Would you stand with me for just a moment? In 1 John 3 and 1, it says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us, because it did not know Him. I was a kid, my next-door neighbor, we were best friends. He would go with me on trips. And I remember on one particular trip, he was with me and he looked at me and he said, I wish your dad was my dad. His dad would drink and get drunk and then use his fists to try and correct him. I watched him run across the yard to get away from his dad. I was just a kid. And I so desperately wanted to go get a baseball bat and come to the defense of my friend because my dad didn't do that. You need to understand something about God. He's not a bully. He's not abusive. His name his nature implies love. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. So whatever happened in your past that you've struggled with, know this, that all that time God was reaching over, extending a hand, trying to let you know I love you. And the chapter you're in is not the end of your story. I'm going to come to your rescue. You may not know me now, but one day you will. You'll get introduced to the Father you never knew. And when you do, He'll change your life 
forever. Can you just stretch your hands to heaven and love him right now? Thank you, Father. Galatians 4 and 6, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. But the term Abba is a warm term. It's like using the word daddy. He's saying, I don't want you to know me in a long-distance relationship. I don't want you to know me in terms of just fear and respect. I want you to know me in terms of endearment and love. Abba. You know what's unique is in ministry and all the times I traveled, I can't tell you how many adult men that were older than I was that I ministered and they would come to me after service and they would say, man, that really hit me today because I never felt like my dad believed in me. I got good news for you. Your father, <laughs> Abba, he's always believed in you. He's always loved you. Even when you was a rascal, <laughs> he loved you. He cares for you today. And so this is what I want to do. This is Father's Day. And I know that today we're going to spend time with dads or those of us that still have them here or those that had a good dad. And sometimes that terminology can even bring pain to people. And so this is what I'm saying. I'm saying I just wonder if you've ever wished your real father, your really, really dad, a happy Father's Day. Have you ever taken the time just to raise your hands to heaven and say, I love you, Father. I, I love you, Dad. Thank you for all you've done for me. Thank you for showing me that I'm part of a family, that I'm not alone, that I am loved and I am wanted and I do matter. I thank you for that today in Jesus' name. If you would, I want you to do something for me. I want you to, as, as many as can, to move to the front of the building just very quickly. I'm going to let you go in just a moment, but just come to the front of the building for a moment. And I want you to, I, I want you to put your hands out like this, and I want you to look at them for a moment. Whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're boy or girl, these are not just your hands. These are God's hands. These are God's instruments. And a lot of times what people don't realize is this, is that God is a spirit. But we are flesh and blood. We have a spirit in us, but we're flesh and blood. And so what he does is he says, you know what? I'm going to take your hands and turn them into my hands. And I want you to hold somebody. I want you to embrace. I want you to love somebody and let them know how much I care. Come up here just a second. This is a tall young man, isn't he? <laughs> and I love him. You know what? And I know he loves me. When we see each other, we embrace. It's, it's not just a relationship between a pastor and a congregant. I don't even like that word. It sounds cold to me. It's a relationship between two hearts that have the same daddy. Yes. yes. And so when, when he reaches out to embrace you, 
you're feeling the love of his Father. I, I want to encourage you with something because sometimes we act like, I wish I could do something. Do you have any idea how powerful a hug is? When Debbie came into our family, she hugged my mom. She told me it felt like I was hugging a brick wall. <laughs> my mom wasn't raised that way. My, my, my dad really wasn't raised that way. But I watched Debbie melt my mother's heart. Years later, Debbie's telling me stuff about my mom. I said, where did you hear that? She said, she told me. I said, I'm her son. She never said anything to me about that. I, I want you to get this. It's really important for me that you get this. That you understand that there is a depth of love from him. He is a father to the fatherless. A depth of love that comes from him that you can't get anywhere else. But you can help share it with others. So this is what you have to do. You have to become a conduit. How many of you have ever found out that there's stuff in here you need to get out of there? Today, as you stretch your hands to heaven, I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. Would you do it? Just stretch your hands to heaven and pray this prayer with me. God, I'm asking you to empty out anything in me that would get in the way of your love. And with all my heart, I want to be able to love others the way that you've loved me. Help me become that conduit that you can flow through in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let me say this. We're going to, I'm going to have you take each other by the hand here in just a moment because that was a personal thing, but now you're going to get to practice. Some of you have struggled with self-perception. Some of you have struggled with the fact, and it's gone back years because of something that was missing in your life. And a lot of times you, you begin to ask yourself the question, well, what was wrong with me? Why, why did they leave? Why, what was wrong with me? How come I can't get it right? And this isn't on you. God made you. That boy read a letter from a father he never knew. And when he read those words, it was a father letting him know, I believe in you. You don't never need to ask yourself a question if God believes in you, if God loves you. He said it here and he proved it at Calvary's cross. So you're going to walk out of here brand new. You're walking out of here filled up. Everybody say, I'm full. Did you ever have so much chicken that I mean, it was just like, oh, I don't want to see another piece of chicken for a while. But then the next day you go in there and you're eating cold chicken. <laughs> I'm telling you, God just gets better and better and better. And what makes him get better is when you start sharing him with others. So if you would just reach out and take someone by the hand right now. You may have to introduce yourself. If you don't know who they are, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, my name's Rick McNeely. <laughs> just, just introduce yourself. Just take a moment. You know, Debbie, one of, the, one of Debbie's gifts and and my son's gifts and I, I had to work on it and I'm still working on it but they can go up they can go up to people 
that they don't even know. And I mean, man, throw an arm around them. Hey, man, how are you? And all of a sudden, you know, and, and, and just people's walls melt down. I approach people and it's, I'm getting better. <laughs> but you see, I never knew love like that until I met him. So as you stretch those hands to heaven with me right now, say, God, here I am. Make me a conduit of your love. Use me to let everyone know they have a father in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give him a hand clap of praise. God bless you today. Birthday party in the lobby for everyone. Plenty of There's snacks. a birthday party for everybody. So everybody that's having a birthday, go to the We love you guys. You're amazing.